Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Tom and company. You may be seated, everybody, and wonderful to see everybody this morning. I was going to start a series on faith today, but I am going to continue on with what we were talking about last week. So this is part two of the Lord is on our side. Now, Psalms 118, and we'll notice verse six here in just a moment. I'll give the folks the opportunity to get situated and we'll pray over the word. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's so important that uh, we expect to hear from heaven today. Uh, God's got some things to say to all of our hearts. And uh, he may speak a word in the particular season that you're in right now. And uh, he may speak a, another word to another person in the season they're in. That's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. He just knows how to do it. Amen? And when we come into agreement, when we pray and believe that we receive to hear from heaven, we will hear from heaven. So let's pray right now. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, thanking you and praising you, first of all, for just another day to be alive, another day to serve you, another day to worship you. Lord, we thank you for the word of God, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts. We are open to hear and to receive what you would say to us today. We touch this thing in agreement, and we pray it in the name of Jesus, and all said, Amen. Amen. So, in Psalms 118, in verse 6, it says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Now, notice with me, because the Lord was on his side, he immediately said, I don't have anything to be afraid of. Now, he got his will involved. He chose not to be afraid. And you can do the same thing. You can make the choice every day of your life, even when resistance comes, even when the bad reports come, even when the bills stack up, even though when you may not feel very well physically or maybe even emotionally, you can make the decision and the choice. I refuse to fear. I refuse to give in to this resistance. I'm going to plow through with my faith. Amen. And I'm going to resist the resistance with the word of God. Now, one way that we do that is by our choice. Another way that we do that is by the words of our mouth, aligning our words with his word. I would recommend you looking in your Bible and running your concordance and seeing how many times the scripture tells us to fear not. I mean, over and over and over again. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, I am on your side. Fear not, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Don't you be afraid, because I am on your side. Amen? So let's say it together. The Lord is on my side. And I refuse to fear Even when the resistance is the greatest, I will plow through the resistance with my faith. Amen. Now look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Romans the 8th chapter and the 31st verse. What shall we then say to these things... Whatever these things that you are facing 
You need to speak to them. And what can we say? If God is for me, who can successfully be against me? We could say it this way. Since God is for me, who can or what can successfully, hallelujah, gain the victory over me? And so as we said last week, he is for you and he is for the things that are good for you. Amen. There are a lot of good things in the word of God. That's why he told us to taste and see that the Lord is good. The good word of God is good. He has good health for you. You know, Jesus went about and he did what? Good. And he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So healing is good. And if you are sick, your good, good father will even restore health unto you today. Amen. Glory to God. He said, I'm giving you richly all good things to enjoy. I've come that I, you may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. So he is good and he is for the things that are good for you. Amen. Amen. Did you know that correction is good? It may not feel good, but correction is good. Amen. Because the motivation behind the correction is not condemnation. The motivation beyond, be behind the correction is that we would make the adjustments. And that we would be a participant of the fruits, amen, of making those adjustments. Is that right? Okay. Now in Romans chapter 8 verse 39, we looked at this last week. It says, now height, depth, no other creature shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we said this, that nothing will ever stop him from being for you and from being on your side. Praise Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is for you and he is against the things that are against you. He is for me, and he is against the things that come against me. Boy, you know, that's, that's awesome. Because religion is taught that God sets us up and connects us to bad things. God doesn't need anything of the devil... To use as a setup to knock you out and knock you down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> or teach you a lesson. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't have to be a scriptorian or really that intelligent. And I'm not insulting anyone's intelligence here because you are as muy inteligente. Amen. 
But you don't have to be very smart to know when something's again you, it's not coming from God. Remember, God is for you. He's not against you. But He is against the things that are against you. And He's even given us scriptures like, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Praise God. That puts you and I at a big advantage. We could call it the believer's advantage. Amen? Now let's look over to Exodus chapter 20, or 23, excuse me, verse 20 through 22. Exodus 23, verse 20 through 22. Behold, I send an angel before you. Brenda's teaching on angels on Sunday nights. If you missed last Sunday night, you missed half your life. But you know, God's mercy is great. You can download it for free. Just go over there to the website and download it and get caught up. Amen. To keep you in the way and bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Now notice in verse 22, if we have it up there, let's read. Ready, read. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. Oh, man. Now, when he is an enemy to your enemies, watch out, devil. When he's an adversary to your adversaries, man, watch it. Watch out. Devil's been rebuked, right? Now, we said this last week, and we don't want to harp on it again for too long a period of time. Just make sure you're on the right side of the things that he's for. Amen? We do not want to embrace what he's against. We want to embrace what he is for. Well, how do I know what he's for? Look in the word. If it lines up with the word, amen, he's for that. If it doesn't line up with the word, he's not for that. It doesn't matter whether the name is Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Amen? He's for the word. And so as word people, we need to be for the word. Amen. Now, departing from that, let's take it to where I believe what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. Amen? I want to single out one major area that He's for us in, and I want to, I want to camp there for just a few minutes this morning. You ready? Let's look over at Psalms 91. Psalms 91. And I'll guarantee you one thing. He ain't for all the junk that's going on in the media and how people are acting. And sometimes you just got to turn that stupid thing off and pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Adults ought not to be acting like babies. I heard the Lord say, yeah, that goes for you too, Mark. <laughs> Psalms 91. Amen. Psalms 91. Now, of course, this whole psalm, you can have a literal banquet about it this morning. But I I want you to notice the main principle in Psalms 91 is us being in the right place. 
And the right place that we're instructed to be in is the, is the secret place. And the secret place is not a place that we drop by on occasionally. The secret place is a place that we live. Amen? Just like you live in Newark and you live in San Leandro and you live in Oakland and I live in Union City and perhaps you live in San Francisco. That is where we live. That is where we dwell. Amen? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. This secret place is a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. No foe can withstand the glory and the presence that exudes from that secret place. And when you get under his wing, you literally become untouchable to the wicked one. Hallelujah. And then he instructs us while you're in the secret place, a major key to staying in the secret place is get your mouth moving. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God and him do I trust. And because you make the Lord your habitation, your dwelling place, Even the Most High, the place where you dwell. He says, there's not any evil going to be able to penetrate you in that place. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? Because he'll give his angels charge over you in that secret place. Amen. I was thinking about it the other night, last night, when uh, I went through a building at about 80 miles an hour with my friends on Good Friday of 1968. Tom was driving, John and Mike were in the back seat, and I was in the death seat at the front, front right. It was a convertible Corvair. My friend was very upset at his girlfriend. He was drunk and he was going through stop signs. Well, the last stop sign that we went through, another car was coming this way and we were going that way. And we went through a building at about 80, 85 miles an hour. The man was working in the gas station in the middle of the night, and he called the police, and he said, I think a small aircraft just went through the building next to us. Someone had my back that night. It was Jesus giving his angel charge over me. Listen, he was for me even when I was against him. Be encouraged for some of your loved ones that are acting stupid. <laughs> Woo, man. And Brenda and I were talking about it last night. And, and it, was, it was just, I can still remember the feeling as we went through that building. It was like something pushed everything out of the way that could hurt me. It was like everything was in slow motion. The car ended up upside down. And by the grace of God, I walked out without a scratch. To God be the glory. My back was a little achy, but you know. Hey. If God is for you. Who can be against you? And I mentioned maybe some of your relatives are just rebellious and they're doing some real dumb things. 
don't side in with what you see because you can have what you say. If you're saying what you see, you will have what you're saying and ultimately what you see will come to pass. But oh, if you will see by the eyes of faith and begin to declare those things which be not as though they were, you will see the manifestation of your children and your loved ones coming to the Lord and making it through the darkest hour. Amen. Now notice, we didn't even get to verse 14 where we were heading. Psalm 91, verse 14. Now because, this is us now, we have set our love upon Him. Oh, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. But are you keeping His commandments? It's one thing to mouth it, it's another thing to live it. He that hath my commandments, Jesus said, and keepeth him, it is he that loves me. Amen. So that's us, right? Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he should call upon me and I will. The great I am says I will several times in these verses. Amen. I will what? I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now notice this phrase. I will be with him in trouble. I will be for him in trouble. Hallelujah. Not just to see us go down the drain... But the next part of the verse says, And not only will I be with him, but I will deliver him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, David knew a lot about trouble. There was trouble on every side taking place in David's life. He even wrote about it in Psalm 3. He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? That is not the kind of increase that we want. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul. Side journey. Don't be moved by what other people say. Be moved by what God say. And if you say what God say, you'll be heading in the right direction. In good English, but it sure preaches. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Maybe you experienced that in your life growing up around some mean people. Huh, no help for her. My word. Him? Are you kidding me? No help for him. But here's what David said. But thou, O Lord, you are, pay attention to this, a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of my what? See, sometimes when people talk about you, you can get down. Have a frown. But when you know the Lord is for you, and you know He's your shield, and when you know His glory is manifesting in your life, it'll lift up your head. Amen. The voice says this, But you, eternal one, 
wrap around me like an imp- impenetrable sea- uh, shield. Let me read that again. Yeah. Tongue got twisted. But you, eternal one, wrap around me like an impenetrable shield. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say, you give me glory and you lift up my eyes to the heavens. The book of Psalms chapter 9 verse 9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in what kind of times? He is a refuge. That refuge is that secret place. In times of trouble. The ASV says, you will be a high tower in a time of trouble. A high tower. In those days when the enemy would come to attack, the village would run into the tower. And the tower was high and they'd go to the top of the tower. And they'd close the door and the enemy down below couldn't get in the tower. And they'd be at the top of the tower looking down on their enemies. Sounds scriptural. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the enemy is not above us. He is beneath us. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Now here's the key. Stay in the tower. Don't get, don't get out of the tower. Stay in the secret place. Now the enemy's down below talking trash. Amen? You know in basketball they talk a lot of trash. I used to be a fairly decent trash talker myself. But I grew up. For the most part. <laughs> talking trash. Hey! Don't you know? Big shot! Up there, you. Don't you know you got bills down here? Come on, let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Hey, come on, let's get the calculator out. Hey, you over there. Up there, yeah, you. Don't you remember what the doctor said? I got the report right here. Now, if you're smart, you won't listen to that. But if you're not smart, you'll come down. And that's why he says we are to cast down. Like Keith Moore said in Fort Worth, slap it down. (laughs) I like it. Just slap her down. Cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, whatever you know to be true in the word of God, and the enemy comes along and tells you it's not true, you just slap it down. Cast it down. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in the tower, stay in the tower, stay in the tower. I'm staying in the tower. Amen. It's the tower of power. Amen. And I'm not talking about the Motown group. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> I'm glad I can't remember any of their songs. Praise the Lord. Good for that. Good for me. Not that they were bad. They were actually pretty good. <laughs> Stay in the tower. Stay filled with power. It is a safe place. It is a fortress, and it is a stronghold for you. This is the kind of stronghold you want to embrace. 
Here's what I believe the Lord gave me. Draw near without fear to the safe place. Don't run from this safe place in the midst of trouble, but run to it. Amen? Now let's look at Psalm 27, verse 5. Psalms 27 in verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, that secret place. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon what? That rock is Jesus. Amen? Now the voice says this, and I don't know whether we have the voice up there or not, but uh, this is really good. It says, His house is my shelter and secret retreat. It is there I find peace in the midst of storm and turmoil. Safety sits with me in the hiding place of God. He will set me on a rock high above the fray. High above the fray. How many of you ever, how many of you have a, a place that you can retreat to? I mean, a place that you'd rather not get any phone calls. Or a place that your relatives can't find you. <laughs> just kidding. Don't get, don't get nasty with me. I'm just. <laughs> a place of retreat. When Brenda and I take time to go on retreat, you know, I'll sometimes just turn the phone off. Because you can, you can get away geographically, but not really get away. Because as long as the ding-dongs are dinging, I don't mean people, but I mean the dings on the phone and the... What, what does the little tweet sound like? Pity. As long as those things are operational and still functioning, you really are not getting away. You're just not home. I believe that God wants all of us to have a place of retreat. In Christ, it's that safe place. It's the dwelling place of God. So sometimes we just have to turn some things off. Amen. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so let's look at the result of this secret place. Look at verse 6. This is so good. Are you ready to give God praise today? Because you're in this secret place, he goes on to say, And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I'm going to offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I'm going to sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I do want to pull this one up. Look at this in the message translation. Let's read it together. Ready, read. God holds me, my, God holds me head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for this place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Already, I'm singing God's songs. Head and shoulders above. Amen. Above. 
Psalm 32 says, You are my hiding place. You will preserve me from trouble. You will compass me about with songs and shouts of deliverance. Psalms 34, 6 says, This poor man cried. Amen? He was having poor man problems. He cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his poor troubles. So what have we seen this morning? We've seen that he's with us in trouble as our shield, our refuge, and our high tower. Now, when you come to him, when you draw near to him and not back off from him, you may feel when you first run to him very weak and very uh, weary, if you will, because of all the things that you've been going through and the things you've been facing. Anybody ever felt a little weary before? Yeah, I got my both hands up. We've all felt weary. We've all maybe felt maybe a little emotionally drained and a little bit discouraged. Not, not you know, full-blown blown depression, but just, you know, just, man. When I get like that, I tell Brenda, I said, I'm ready to go to Hawaii for six months. <laughs> but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So when you get under his wing, participate and receive what he's got for you in that place. Notice with me in Psalm 37 and verse 39. Oh, this is good. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their what? He is their strength in a time of trouble. Say this with me. He is with me in trouble with his strength. To encourage me and to strengthen with me with mighty power. Now notice in Psalm 46 verse 1, it couples the word refuge and strength together. It puts them together. So when you are in this refuge, he will strengthen you. Notice the last part of this verse. It says, God is our what? Refuge, high tower, and strength. He's my protection, and he's also my strength. And he is a very present help in time of trouble. Ooh, hallelujah. Therefore, I'm not going to be afraid, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Why? Because he's my refuge and he is my strength. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever just been in trouble naturally and you had a friend you could call? Or maybe you weren't feeling very well, so you called Kaiser, you called them. Well, God tells us to call to Him. Call on Him. Psalms 86, 7 says, In the day of my trouble, I'm going to call upon you, for you will answer me. Have you ever noticed in Psalms 107 how many times that He said over and over again, Then they cried unto me in their distress? Yeah. 
And I heard them and delivered them out of all their distresses. There is absolutely a solid, solid case for us to call on him. And if all you can say is, help Jesus, you've got his attention. Now in verse 17 through 20 of Psalm 107, it says this, fools because of their transgressions are afflicted. Now we've all done foolish things. We've all opened up the door to the enemy. But notice verse 18. Their soul abhors all manner of meat and they draw near to the gates of death. Verse 19 and 20. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Oh, Lord, if you were in trouble like I was in trouble, and I could help you like you could help me, I'd do it. Help Jesus. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And notice this. He lets them stay in it for a while to teach them a deep lesson. No, he saves them out of most of their distresses. But leaves just a little bit just to, just to slap you around a while. No. No, 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 no. Verse 20 is our answer right here. He sent his word. He sent his power. He sent his love. He sent his encouragement. He sent his money. And healed them. And delivered them. From all... Of their destructions. There's some keys here. Call upon the Lord. Jesus said, now in the world you're going to have some trouble. But be of good cheer. Why Jesus? Because I have overcome the world. Say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Even when trouble comes, I'm going to brighten up. I'm going to cheer up by faith and His joy will take me through. I have written here in my notes, get happy, the Lord is for you. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) Psalm 59, 16 says, But I will sing of thy power. Yeah, I'm going to sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and a refuge in the day of my trouble. And in closing, there are two important ways that you can deal with trouble in a practical way. There are two important ways that you can deal with trouble. It's not the only two, but it's the only two I got right now. Okay? You ready for it or you want to go home? Okay. Now if you, you know, in any, in any time you've had enough in a service, you will not offend me. You just get up and, and leave. You can. But you're not going to do that right now. You say that now, but just start with, wait till I start preaching about a hundred minutes. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Two important ways we can deal with trouble in a practical way. 
Number one, shut the door on the devil by speaking faith-filled words. I'm going to say that again. Shut the door on the devil by speaking faith-filled words. A lot of what happens in our life in regards to trouble is a result of not speaking right words. Job said, how forcible are right words. And you've got to be, you see, the enemy is very subtle. And you have to be very, very aware of what you're saying on a daily basis. Not just here, but in your car on the way home. Now notice in Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Here is a great verse of scripture. Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue, what will happen? He'll keep his soul from troubles. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I got me some soul troubles. Well, check up on what you're saying. Keep it from speaking unbelief, fear, and keep it from speaking how you feel. Give no place to fear or depression with your words. If you don't feel so hot and you don't feel so great and you can't, don't have the energy to say what God says, just close your mouth. Start there. And then get an atmosphere in your home with some praise and worship. That's what I do sometimes in the morning before coffee kicks in. I'll turn on some of my favorites. I'll listen to this song and that song. Next thing I know, whew, something bubbles up. Something's getting stirred up on the inside. Then I'll pray a little bit in the Holy Ghost and start declaring the Word and start praying and prophesying and declaring. Next thing you know, praise God, it's a new day. But don't talk about, well, I just, it seems like I, I, I just been feeling so down all the time. Now, I, I realize that that's real. And I realize that that's true. But there's a higher truth than that. Higher truth. Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, I just am so tired. I'm so fatigued. It takes the same amount of energy to say, thank God, God is strengthening me today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You get what I'm saying. And and I'm not coming against anybody because we've all been in that same boat. What I'm just trying to do is train this church and develop this church into saying what God's Word says only. Amen. Amen? That doesn't mean you can't ask for prayer. Don't get weird on me. Amen? But here's the principle. If you'll keep your mouth, you'll stay out of a lot of trouble. I mean, come on. There's trouble enough coming our way than to bring trouble on ourselves by the words we say. Amen? Now, here's another one. Here's another one that's important. Proverbs 11, verse 29. Remember, the Lord's for you. He's for us. Amen. You could ask the Lord to set a watch over the words of your mouth. I've done that before. Kenneth Copeland says we need to learn the vocabulary of silence. 
Proverbs 11, verse 29, it says, He that troubles his own house shall inherit the wind. You know what that means? You get absolutely nothing. And the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. Pull Proverbs eleven twenty nine up in the Amplified Version. So, let us not bring trouble on ourselves. That's all I'm saying. Amen? Let's keep the doors shut. The Amplified says, He who troubles or mismanages his own house will inherit the wind. So what this is saying to us, that we should be stewards over our household. We should manage our household well. As husbands, we should love our wives as Christ loves the church. As wives, you should respect your husband. Amen? If you're going to manage your household well, don't spend more than you have. By going, you do not fight debt by going further into debt. Manage your household well. As a parent, be an example to your children. Amen. Read the word yourself. Read the word with them. Steward the people that are around you. Take care of your stuff. Make sure that you do not allow things into your household that can stir up trouble in your children. How many of you know that media is a seed? Whatever we plant in our homes will grow. Whatever words we are speaking around our loved ones, whether you realize it or not, will be a deposit in their life for life if they don't get a hold of the truth. Manage your household well. Don't open the door to the troublemaker. Your home should be a place of safety. Your home should be a place of presence. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Be a good man. Be a good husband. Be a good wife. Anybody ever caused you a lot of trouble before? It is not our responsibility to pray for their demise. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands on how many people have done that. But it is not my responsibility, nor your responsibility, to say, Sick them, Lord, sick them. I've discovered in my life that He gives a lot of space for repentance for people. Amen? Why? Because He's merciful, He's gracious, and He's compassionate. But... There are times when people will not let up and they will not give up and they just keep bringing trouble. And even though you've taken your hand off of them and you have forgiven them, they have opened the door wide open for the trouble that they've sown to come upon themselves. It is the law 
of sowing and reaping. Thessalonians says, It is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. One translation says, It's only right that God would repay with trouble those who have troubled you. I'm talking about if they don't give up and repent. Now we're going to end on a high note. Everyone stand up. We got to close. Lunch that don't want to, we got to. Let's end, let's end up on a high note. What do you say? Yes. Now here's the thought. Because he loves you and is on your side and who is for you, sometimes he will give you double for your trouble. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Everyone prophesied double for my trouble. Isaiah said it like this. Instead of your shame, you'll have double. Instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in your land, you shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be yours. Woo! Glory to God. I'm telling you, we serve a God that loves us. The God that's for us. God's that's with us. And He will give you double for your trouble. He will restore what the enemy has stolen. He will restore your joy. He'll restore your stuff. He'll restore your health. Just don't you dare give up. Live your life in this secret place. Speak right words. Close the door on the devil. And just slap the devil around in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's lift up our hands and shout yes. Woo, glory. Oh, man. Everyone say, overflow, overflow, overflow. Put your hand over your heart right now. And let's pray this. Hallelujah. Declare with me, Father, in Jesus' name, as we go today, we choose life. We choose you because you've chosen us. You're our refuge, our fortress. Our high tower. I ain't going to be pulled out this week. I'm staying in the tower. Speaking faith-filled words. Now, Father, I pray as we go today that you would strengthen each with might by your spirit in the inner man. May all of us experience the fullness of your presence. May we be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Lord God, we thank you for keeping us spirit, soul, and body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and everyone said amen.